Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, Thompson to Clark. We got a lot of news to talk about on uh, this Monday evening pre uh giants they play the the rays for how many games uh three games so we starting got, we tonight got, uh, we got ryan walker tba tba yeah so so the tba aspect of this makes us wonder about one kyle harrison but the giants made some other moves today which we're going to talk about in a second pretty exciting moves though i'm not sure i completely understand them maybe you can help me understand them but uh, I think the first thing we have to talk about is the doom and gloom aspect that nearly overtook us yesterday before the enjoyment aspect of Giants baseball uh, won out in the end. And what I'm talking about is we were suffering through this <laughs> series against the Rangers. It was like, oh, gosh, Boach's new team. They're beating us at our own game. And then uh, Saturday wasn't even really all that competitive. And so we had Sunday and we're like, hey, you know, if we're going to win a game, Logan Webb on the bump, this is going to be the game. And, you know, the offense was like, it's Webb. We can take a day off. Like, we don't really have to do anything. He's going to throw a shutout. And they score a half a run. They almost (laughs) did it. Uh, And so we, 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 uh, in the ninth, and I was kind of flipping back between, the 49ers preseason game, which was a dreadful, dreadful TV viewing experience and the giants game. And so catching up to the giants game and uh, you had texted to our, our chat, something like JFC. And I was like, (laughs) Oh no, I'm like two minutes behind. I got to see what's going on. And so Logan Webb's got two outs. The first two outs are very easy. Top of the ninth giants up one zero. And then uh, Martinez hits a what looked to be just a random base hit that somehow splits the gap, and he ends up on second base. Uh, Conforto and, and Luis Matos out there just kind of going like, oh, I thought he was going to get it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so now you have runner on second. You still have two outs. And it's like, is Gabe going to let Logan finish this game? And even Logan said, he's like, look, we have like the best closer in baseball. So that's not something that I'm going to be too bothered at. Though he's a competitor. He obviously wanted to finish. 
He, sure. he had a very easy ninth. And so then uh, our good friend, Ezekiel Duran, steps up to the plate. <laughs> and Duvall is, uh, has come in to save the game. And he hits a ball to Brandon Crawford's backhand. Now, I was kind of interested because I didn't see any – there was no uh, – at least from from the beat writers and, and such, I didn't really see any frustration in the way Crawford handled it. But when I watched it live, my thought was, oh, he didn't know that Duran was fast. <laughs> yeah. And, and it was he kind of handled <laughs> the play fast. pretty casually. So what happens is he goes to his backhand. He doesn't even really put anything on the throw. Like, it was so casual. Like, I wonder if something's going on there. And so Duran easily beats it, but Martinez just keeps running on the play, and he's running right in front of Crawford. So that may have maybe distracted Crawford. Uh, that that could that could be what happened. And so as he throws to first, and he doesn't get him out, Martinez just scores. He just comes all the way around, and we yeah. have no shot to 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 get him. And that's how they tie the game. And then in the tenth, uh, Duvall balks in a run. So this is where the gloom of this game comes. But what did you think of the Crawford plays? I, I was just kind of, I was like, man, this is, this is a easy, this is like routine for him. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. It was one of those situations where <clears throat> when, when he made the backhand, I go, Oh, he's going to eat that throw. Obviously Duran chugging down the line. You got a runner going to third. You've got two outs. Um, you know, they still had the lead at that point. Texas is going to play it safe. Martinez is going to hold up at third, maybe give, an, give the next hitter a chance. Uh, he didn't eat the throw. Martinez did not stop. And I thought, wow, man, if anything, he should have come up and just looked at third mm-hmm. and then faked to throw to first, D- done something to kind of. That, that was one know, of my favorite plays is to yeah, uh, fake and run reel back bit. around. and exactly. especially, especially, I mean, he's he's got the play I, I mean how many ground balls do you think brandon crawford has fielded in his career like so many so he knows every every little thing about that play and what needs to happen and he had to know that he didn't really have a shot at duran which is why i i was like so surprised that there was no urgency and why maybe he did get kind of you know he he got kind of faked out by the runner there because it was so casual but yeah you're right i you know if he would have faked a first wheeled back towards third base martinez never stopped so right good opportunity that they could have just picked him off and and won the game there yeah yeah and and i i mean i hate to say it but you know on in all honesty that was a 36 year old brandon crawford play yeah that's just what that was i mean you know five six years ago that play looks a little bit different maybe he maybe he makes it a much closer play at first base i don't even think peak Brandon Crawford is making that out at first base either with Duran running. Um, you know, it's just one of those ones. I'm sure if you ask Brandon Crawford, he'd probably say, yeah, I, I would definitely love to have that throw back. I would have done something a little bit different. I mean, the fact that he kept it on the infield right there, I thought that was the victory. I thought that was, you know, Hey, all right, now we're going to get another shot at the next batter. Right. Let's, um, let's keep it first and third and let's deal here. Yeah, because Duvall, I mean, he's going to give you weak contact. He's going to give you strikeouts. Uh, He got you the weak contact. It was just in a spot that was really difficult. And then on top of it, making the throw uh, to first base just gave J.P. Martinez tons of time to get home. Yeah, when I I first saw the, uh, I was reading Bags' piece, and 
I read that initially as JD Martinez. I was like, wait, oh, no. what? <laughs> like, no, Ooh. there's no way that JD Martinez <laughs> may have gotten thrown out at first base on that base hit into right field. Uh, J- JD Martinez would have been thrown out three times <laughs> before, before he got to first base. <laughs> uh, so down two to one. And this is where we were just like, Oh gosh, this is where, you know, only scoring one run just really bites you in the rear end. You know, Logan Webb is the Matt Kane of this season, definitely, oh, yeah. absolutely. And so the the uh, the Giants have their runner on second, and and you had texted saying like, I'll be, you know, you'll be sort of surprised if they even get the guy to third the way that they're hitting. And as expected, as you expected, they did not, and it <laughs> leaves it up to. Uh, to Patrick Bailey. And, and what do you think about that? Right. You get this lead runner on second uh, in extra innings and your lead runner in extra innings is Wilmer Flores. It's like, yeah. Why, like why even have, like, just, just say, Hey, we'll just play it with zero guys on base. (laughs) But, uh, but thankfully he was there because Will Smith, who we know and, and, and love from his days on the giants, uh, he comes in. And I was reading some of the stats. I, I do think it was Bags's piece where he was saying that uh, Patrick Bailey knew that Will Smith uh, is throwing predominantly sliders, but he's only throwing 41% of them in the strike zone. So he's getting a lot of swing and misses outside of the strike zone. So Patrick Bailey was saying that uh, he was struggling against the slider, against picking it up. And so he was going to take slider no matter what, even with two strikes and just you know, count on the odds of a 41% uh, strike and 59% ball. And then Will Smith gave him a gift. He's like, oh, here's a fastball. The only pitch that you are confident that you're going to be able to hit. And he hit it. And when he hit it, I thought immediately, I was like, oh, tie game. I was like, this is going to two hop the wall. And the thing just kept going and going and going. And it was like a laser beam home run. It didn't really get off the ground very high. And I was like, man, that was awesome. What a, what a way to end this game. Almost hit that <clears throat> ridiculous dog that sticks <laughs> up in left field. It used to be the hump of, uh, you know, back when it was like Chevron or whatever. Yeah, the cars or whatever. Yeah, the cars. It used to be the hump of a car. Now it's Now it's like this big jutting almost square that's popping up for absolutely no reason other than to say, Hey, this is fun and neat to look at. No, get it out of there, man. Make it a straight fence. Cause that almost cost the giants. I mean, Wilmer Flores would have scored cause there were two outs and he was, he would have scored easily. Um, but in a situation like that, if it would have bounced off that thing and, and Bailey would have been stranded at second, and then we go into the 11th inning, I would be uh, writing a letter to Larry Bear to say, please, <laughs> can I come up? I'll, I'll show up next weekend with a saw and I'll cut that thing off. But then you know but, what he'll say is he'll show yeah. you. He'll he'll be like, look, we don't hit a lot of home runs there. So we're actually saving the other team yeah. from hitting home runs against us. There you go. But you know, usually when you see another player from another team hit a home run, it's pretty towering over that. Thing, so we don't have to worry too much about it, but what you were saying about, you know, and I had read the same article too, talking about Bailey's at bat, And you're talking about 41% of the, the pitches uh, that he throws with his slider and curveball are in the strike zone. That means, you know, you've got 59% that are out of the strike zone. Uh, look for the fastball. The fastball could come up in this situation. What we're talking about is analytics. And I see a lot of Twitter, 
going nuts today about get rid of the robot Gabe Kapler, get rid of the analytics. They're feeding these analytics to Patrick Bailey. They don't win that ball game yesterday without giving him those analytics. Yeah. And then you've got a smart baseball player on, on on in Patrick Bailey who looks at that information and says, okay, these are the different things I can do in this at bat to give myself an advantage. He gave himself an, an advantage and he hit a game winning home run. So analytics have their place. And, and I don't think Kapler is as robotic as everybody thinks he is. There is some feel if he was robotic, I don't think Logan Webb would have even gone out for the ninth. Mm-hmm. Because you can probably look at stats. I'm sure you can look at stats that says when Cam- Camilo Duvall starts a ninth inning with a lead versus comes into a ninth inning with a, with a lead. He has a better chance of closing out that ball game fresh. Nobody on base does his thing. Um, and I think in a situation like that, it was a feel, it was a feel situation for Kapler. We said, you know what? I'm going to run Logan Webb out there. I think he might be able to get this complete game shut out, uh, get us a W on a Sunday. Uh, Tampa Bay comes in the next day, but no, you know, it didn't quite work out. And then he said, I'm going to go to my best closer in the game, which I had no problem with that move whatsoever. I think the majority of giants fans didn't have a problem with that move either. Um, I knew as soon as he made the move, there were the select few that were going to, um, you know, just who hate Kapler in general. Yeah. We're just going to piss and moan about it and say, look, this is a wrong move. Look what happened. This, this happened. Logan Webb was running out of gas, 107 pitches. That single he gave up had to be like a hundred plus miles an hour off the bat. Yeah. Um, you know, he hung that change up. So, it, you know, we were getting into like dangerous territory. So that's when you bring in an all-star closer who has struck out Julio Rodriguez in an all-star game. So, I mean, that's, that's the guy you want in there in the mound. He can strike out any Texas Ranger batter in that lineup. Yeah. Uh, I felt super comfortable with that decision and, and I would like to see him do it again if we had ever came down to it. So thankfully they did pull that one out because the, uh, the, the week was, you know, it was a little disappointing. I think, you know, we, we see Anaheim and we go, okay, this is a, this is a, a team that, you know, that there, I would say that their fans probably think is a little bit disappointing, though they have the best player in baseball. And we kind of wanted, to, you know, the way that I saw it was like, you know, we're, we're going to showcase ourselves against Shohei here. Uh, and uh, it, you know, for that game one, I was like, wow, you know, they came back and you know, Bailey again, who, who was who was the man that night uh, after we had recorded. But then the next two days, uh, they did not play very well. They kind of played the way that is frustrating uh, that, that we see we're like, Oh, they just, you know, they just don't have enough or whatever. And so when Bochi came into town, I was a little worried. I was like, just, you know, just get, we got to get this Sunday game because it would be so pathetic to get swept. And I think it would kind of reset how you felt about the team because, you know, the team is still in second in the wild card one and a half games behind the Phillies and uh, one and a half games above whoever's uh, right behind the Giants. I forgot. I forgot who it was. But at the same time, when and we're going to get to some numbers offensively here in, in a second, there's th- th- they cannot continue to hit the way that they are hitting and expect to beat the upcoming teams like the Rays the Braves, the Phillies, who, I mean, think about that series next week against the Phillies in Philadelphia. You got three in Philadelphia and 
that you know that that could mean staying in in the wild card race or kind of getting pushed out. So just some big series is coming up here that uh, the the bats cannot continue to to be as silent as they are. It's just too much pressure on the pitching staff to keep these you know to keep these zeros on the board. So uh, we'll 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 sort of have to see how they answer this week. I'm hoping that there's a little bit of uh, I don't know motivation from watching Patty Bales go go yard I there to win the game. So. Yeah, because man, um, but uh, but okay. So <clears throat> let's get to the news. And we sort of figured today that there was going to be news because uh, we had we had heard that um, you know the Giants were possibly going to 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 mix and match here. I saw that Matos was uh, was probably going to be on his way out and we were trying to figure out, okay, if Matos is on his way out, what does that mean? Who's coming back? And it was a player who I didn't like, I kind of thought maybe there was a small chance Wade Meckler (laughs) who was drafted last year and has gone through Eugene Richmond and was in Sacramento all in this calendar year. So he has jumped four spots to the big league club as a small ish uh, outfielder. And he's starting hitting number two hole tonight uh, in center field. I, he is kind of just, I think surprised the entire organization with, with how much that he's risen. He He's just, he hasn't stopped hitting at every, every no. spot. He's just continued to hit. And I think his lowest batting average at a stop, was uh, last year, late last year, hit like 289 in, in a few handful of at-bats, uh, maybe in the rookie league or, or something. But every other stop, he's been hitting over 300. So, Wade Meckler, you're kind of ball player to me. I feel like he's like right <laughs> yeah. up your alley for for what you like out of baseball players. <clears throat> I, I want more stolen bases out of him. That's the only thing. But, but yeah, he, he is a grinder. He's a guy who gets on base via the walk, via the hit. He... He's not going to be our home run savior. He's not going to pop up here and all of a sudden start mashing 20 home runs the rest of the, you know, the, the rest of the way here. But he's going to give a uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to give this lineup some life. Um he's batting second as we're speaking Monday night's game, he'll be batting second. Um by the time you listen to this, he'll have his first three hits of his uh, major league <laughs> baseball career because he's getting three hits tonight. There you go. Um, but he, yeah, so he's gonna, he's a guy, and then that way you can drop Tyro down to the seven or eight spot, which he is tonight. I think he's in the eight spot, um, and kind of turn that lineup over a little bit. It's not so much the bottom of the lineup has been struggling. Usually, when you look at a team and they go, "Oh, you can score some runs." But your seven, eight, nine, your six, seven, eight, nine guys are really struggling. And then that way, when you get back to the top of the lineup, you got a table set again. It's kind of been all over the place for the Giants. Um, and so here you can bring Tyro down to the eight spot. You could do a little bit of a lineup flip. Tyro's been hot. So if you can get some guys on in front of him, you can get a guy like Tyro to now come up with a big base hit. So you go uh, Lamont Wade Jr. Then you go Meckler. Um, That's a pretty nice one too. If, and again, I say if Wade Meckler translates to the bigs, there's no proof he's not going to at this point. When you look at what he did last year, starting in the rookie league uh, with the Giants, 289, 
in 38 at bats. Then they brought him up to San Jose, 41 at bats. He hit 439. And then he started this year in Eugene, 79 at bats, 456. And then in Richmond, 149 at bats. That's his longest stay uh, out of any uh, stop along the way, 336 batting average. And then in Sacramento, uh, only 10 games, 25 plate appearances, 400. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I haven't examined this guy a whole lot because I didn't, <laughs> I honestly didn't think we were going to see him this year. Like you no. said earlier, it was kind of one of those things where you're going, I, I mean, mean, yeah, that'd think, be cool think about, think about, up, but... yeah, think about who we were talking about last year. We were talking about Vaughn Brown and Grant right. McCray. And this dude jumped over both of those guys. Just was oh, yeah. like, uh, and and look, you know, he's he's college, so he he played in college, so he's twenty three. It's not like he's you know jumping up from like you know nineteen or or whatever. Exactly. He, he's a little seasoned, but but still, you know, just the the fact that he was not a, as much on the radar as even those two guys were, but now he's he's leapt over those guys to. to and so here here's one thing for folks watching on video. This will be probably be. Uh, be pretty fun maybe not not as much on radio but i think uh <laughs> the mustache yeah. the, the mustache is, is a big part of it like it, it there's got to be some power in the mustache uh, the, there's got to be some i don't know is it hits in the mustache whatever it is like that is uh a daring mustache there like you got to have confidence oh, oh, yeah. in yourself to rock that mustache yeah, I know, I know Jeff Kent's not dead, but I think Wade <laughs> Meckler might be Jeff Kent reincarnated in, in the baseball sense. Right. Because looking at his face, you go, well, that's Jeff Kent, but he's not going to hit 30 home runs. He's not going to hit 25 home runs. Um, man, that's a, that's a doozy. That is a grade A gigantic caterpillar. Yeah, is what's going on there. That mixed with the with the Richmond flying squirrels hat. So he's got a squirrel on the upper <laughs> lip. He's got a squirrel on the hat. There's a lot going on there, man. The Eugene Bigfoot and then the mustache. I mean, it, it translates. It, it yeah. works well. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So what else did the Giants do? Now, unfortunately, the flip side is that someone who we had uh, a lot of high hopes for Luis Matos is going back down. So he's going to get more at bats. Right. You know, the, I think the thing is they put a lot of responsibility on him to play center field. And you could tell that there were things that, that he was like, not intuitive uh, with what you'd expect out of a big league center fielder. Like there were moments where he's thrown to the wrong base He's he's casually going after a ball and runners are taking advantage of that. So hopefully those are some things that they can get figured out. If they, I mean, if they really see him as a center fielder rather than a left fielder. Uh, Marco Luci uh, Luciano is another one. It looked like they were going to get him some reps at second base, but then he's got the hamstring issue. It's kind of sucks that, you know, this is now two years in a row that he's had some injuries that has affected his ability to stay on the field. Uh, so those are two guys that, you know, we would love to see back, but unfortunately they, uh, they are, they are not with the team right now. And ho you know, hopefully they'll be on their way back at some point soon. Uh, so what else happened? Well, uh, you know, this, this is, uh, I, you know, I talked about the predictability of this roster and how the one thing that I wanted them to sort of try and figure out is to get players 
who maybe weren't going to get injured. And immediately AJ Pollock goes on the 10 day left oblique strain. Now, maybe, you know, no one, I don't want to see any of these guys get hurt, but maybe not the right. worst thing because it allowed the Giants to bring up Elio Ramos, who hit his first big league homer. He hit a blast off the right field wall uh, yesterday that that showed some some progress or showed some gave us some hope, but they could not score him, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, so but, uh, you know, he's somebody that we've talked about a lot this year is hopefully getting another chance. And I don't know if he's fixed all of the, the problems that he had from last year and why he was so bad last year. But he looks he looks good up there. The The swing looks consistent. He's strong as all hell. He's hitting the baseball hard. What do you think about Elio coming up? I, you know, he's a guy we've talked about for a couple of years now. We've wanted him to come up and, and be successful uh, last year when he got that early taste and he got a couple of hits in his first game. I mean, they weren't rockets. They were bleeders through the infield. <laughs> uh, one was an infield hit. I think his first big league hit was an infield hit. Um, so to see that power this weekend, Oh man, in only nine at bats since he came up, uh, he's got three hits, two doubles, and a home run. That's exactly what the Giants are lacking. Um, they definitely lack power when it comes to uh, their youth in the organization. So to see that translate to the bigs, and we always knew he had a, a power bat, and we know he's got a great glove, and he's a good fielder. Um it's it's one of those things that it just kind of makes you proud as a Giants fan, almost like, hey, we're proud dads because yeah. we saw this yeah. guy that we've been wanting to be so successful for years, kind of dropped out of our top 10 uh, when it came to prospects, was kind of middling around there in the 10-11 spot. Uh, to, so to see him pop back in there and, and be the dude this weekend, and it, and again, it's frustrating because you're like, Elio, we, we, that, that double to lead off the inning – it was beautiful, but I'm. But I hate to say, with this offense, man, we're going to have to leave you out there. We're we're not, we're not going to let you score. It's just it's that that's the frustrating part to watch. Um, but you know, it, string those together and get Wade Meckler in there and and start stringing some hits together, and this team can start to be that that team again. Um, but it's the key hits. This is not going to. This is going to be a early 2010s type of Giants team going the rest of the season you got to have those key hits you got to have a big hit you got to play defense and you got to pitch uh and that's what the giants were doing most of the season um leading up till about two months ago when things started to kind of fall apart offensively um the pitching never changed the defense has always been there you get a you know a couple games here or there where the defense just looks like garbage but you know that's going to happen that's the odds of a season you know 162 game season uh so if they can start to kind of uh, kind of almost wade their way through this tough stretch, stay around 500 during this tough stretch, uh, come out of it on the other end, and then start to pick up wins. Um, you know, guys like Elio Ramos, that that's going to be your boost. Wade Meckler, that's going to be your boost. Um, you know, Kyle Harrison, eventually uh, pop him into a TBA spot, give, give, give him a start or two to get him through three or four innings or have him, you know, be the guy who comes in after the opener. That, mm -hmm. that, that would be good too. I'm sure Kyle Harrison wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, but speaking of wading through that and everything, a friend of the show, Jeff Young, uh, who's been on our show before uh, at baseball, Jeff one on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Um, he, he said that, 
you know, assuming that 88 wins leads to a playoff spot in the National League, the Giants would need to go 25 and 19 in the final 44 games of the year to reach that mark. Um, what do you think of that? I think I think it's doable. This stretch, though, has got to be a 500 stretch. If they dip below that, then all of a sudden they've got to play phenomenal, like 600 baseball coming out the other end to get to that mark. Well, the the uh, scariest team in baseball is, is to me is the Atlanta Braves, and they got to go Ooh. into uh, Atlanta this weekend for three. You can't get swept in that series. No, you just can't. You, you got to win one. And which means that if if we are only counting on them winning one, they got to take two from the Rays at home this week to stay even for those six games. And then next week, it's sort of the same thing. You go into Philly and let's say you win one in Philly. Well, then the Braves come in. Then you got to take two out of three from the Braves just to stay what you were saying at 500. So it's really, you know, being able to hold serve to use a tennis term in, in some of these series is where you are at home and that, you know, the age old adage, you know, win two out of three at home and you can split on the road. And that's like a really successful baseball team. We're happy with you going one and two on the road and going yeah. two out of three at home, because that means we're holding serve essentially. So that that's yeah. the way that I, I look at it, you know, and that's why I think winning yesterday's game was so important. Cause imagine just the feeling of being swept by the Bruce Bochy led Texas Rangers heading into this series against uh, Tampa. Uh, all right. What are, what are some of the other moves? So, Joe, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right. I, the only reason that I even know who this player is is because of our favorite game, Out of the Park Baseball. <laughs> Johan Camargo was recently picked up by the Giants. And when I say recently, I'm talking about like uh, a few days ago from, from what I understand. Uh, he was uh, assigned to the team uh, two days ago, assigned to, to the Giants uh, two days ago. And he came up today uh, for Mark Mathias, the great Mark Mathias, who I think he took it on the chin a little bit this week from Giants fans because yeah. he came up a couple times with runners on. He could have been the Connor Gillespie sort of beloved, you know, guy who 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 gets a big hit when you don't expect him to. But instead, it was not Connor Gillespie, and he did not come through in, in some big moments. And so, unfortunately, he goes back down for Johan. And uh, Johan has had some big league success, but it it all happened, you know, four years ago or whatever, five years ago. And now he is uh, 29 years old, and he's been on a few different teams now. He's a middle infielder. Uh, he plays third, I think, is his best position, but he can also play a little bit of short, a little bit of second. So he's kind of the plug and play that they like to have with someone who can play multiple positions. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't know what kind of game changer he could possibly be. It's, it's, he's probably just someone who's going to kind of hang out for a little while before they need a spot, and then he's probably going back down again. But, um, very, very interesting name. Not one that I had on my uh, had on my card here. And then, yeah. like we said, Matos and Matthias go back down. 
And the person who's the odd man out is Luis Gonzalez, who had this back injury, and uh, now they they DFA'd him. So he was the he was the forty first guy on a forty man roster. So they had to DFA him in order to make room for uh, one of the two guys who they added to the team today. Desclafani went from the fifteen day to the sixty days. So I guess he's done. I think I don't think we're going to see any more of him this year. Yeah, it's it's quite possible, um, and I think he's got one year left on his deal, right? Desclafani yes. next year. Um, looking at Luis Gonzalez's numbers, he came back from uh, off-season surgery. Uh, was just hitting two thirty-one and fifty-two at bats in AAA. I mean, there's a chance he slides through waivers, um, and then ends up kind of assigned back to the team, not on the 40-man roster, uh, you know, which is always a possibility. He's 27 years old, uh, lefty, outfield bat. Uh, you know, some team might try to take a chance on him. Some of the younger teams might try to take a chance on him. Um, the thing about Camargo uh, that I like, and I think it's Johan Camargo. Johan. I think, yeah, and I think I know that because – I've had him on my fantasy team in the past. Um, <laughs> there you go. I, I, I am very much a, uh, when it comes to fantasy baseball, not as much as our friend Harveen, but I am a, a, uh, a Farhan Zaidi uh, protege when, when it comes to uh, making moves in fantasy baseball. And, and so <laughs> I definitely, I, I had him on my team. Um, so he's a little bit of an upgrade, uh, a little bit more experience at the major league level. Uh, and, and again, the, the really nice thing about Camargo uh, is that he's a switch hitter. So you can kind of pop him anywhere in, in the lineup. You can keep him in a position. You don't have to do as much platooning and switching around. Um, again, he's got to hit. If he's not hitting, then it doesn't really matter. And he did hit 18 bombs or something like that in, in a season one year with the Braves. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> and, and since then he's just kind of tailed off every year. Yeah. Uh, hasn't played in the majors since, uh, uh, what was it? Early 2022. I think it was, um, I just had his stats pull up. Yeah. 2022 with Philadelphia, he hit 237, 37 strikeouts and 152 at bats. He did have three home runs. He's got a little bit of pop, but I think, I mean, you know, he's definitely a, a, a little bit of an upgrade, um, in the situation where you're looking for another infielder that you can plug around the infield without having to bring up, uh, Casey Schmidt, who's who's got it. Casey Schmidt's got to get at bats. That that's the whole thing. If you're going to refine who you are as a hitter, and you got to get out of the chase and and bring your chase rate down, you have to see pitches. And Casey Schmidt sitting on the bench every other day, every third day, uh, is not going to help him develop. So he needs to stay down there. So so that's why you go out and get a guy like Camargo. Um, when he pat when he hits the waiver wire because you can bring him up and he's got that experience and you can let your other guys still kind of work out their their kinks down in in the minors so i like the move i mean the, the, he was only picked up a couple of days ago um but it's a very very farhan move uh and like you said too i think we're we're going to see him for probably oh maybe a week uh maybe even less and then he'll either get sent back down to AAA or DFA to make room for somebody else. So uh, again, very, very 
Yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I don't. I don't know what his options are even. Yeah, I'm. I'm not quite sure. Um, and I forgot about speaking of options. I forgot about Blake Sable and the fact that once this season is over and then he'll have options. Over, yeah, then he'll have a bunch of options for yeah. the Giants, which will be fantastic. I mean, he's he's not hurting anything by being on the roster, um, and he's still playing a fairly decent. He's playing left field tonight, right? So. Um, I, as a matter of fact, I don't mind seeing him in the outfield. I like him at DH better. Um, he is overmatched against lefties quite often, uh, but I do like seeing him in left field. Uh, I think he's kind of one of those guys who's just athletic and he's fun to watch. Uh, so, so having him around for the next few years is going to be pretty awesome. I got off on a tangent there about Sable, but I, I just I really like the guy. It's no, I mean he's my, he is he is a favorites. he is a big part of what they're doing because. If they had just decided, like, gosh, you know, this guy, he's not the same value that that maybe we thought, they would have sent him back, right? But mm-hmm. they're like, nope, like we really believe in this guy, so we're we're gonna, you know, it makes it a little bit harder to make the roster adjustments that they do because they can't do anything to him. Right. Um, but uh, but to them, so far, it, it's worth it. So um, that's uh. You know, it shows how it shows that this year so far has not caused them to change their mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned this, and we'll we'll talk about this just for a, a few minutes. But if they do bring up Kyle Harrison, what kind of magic are they going to do with this forty man? Because I was looking at it, and, and you know, thankfully this is not my job because I would be, <laughs> I would have a headache right now. But they did the the Desclafani move already, so you can't do that. You've already opened up a spot by putting him on the sixty man. You also have to bring back Brebia sometime soon, and I'm just looking at you know the staff. Like, there's not unless you know we can maybe talk about Alex Wood who seemed to be very unhappy uh, on Saturday for throwing maybe more innings than, than he had wanted to throw. He made some pretty public comments that uh, sort of, at least to me made it seem like he is not very happy with the team in the front office for not being traded. Exactly. Uh, But yeah, I'm just looking at like these guys, like what is the, you know, what's the dance here? Who can, you know, who, who can, uh, who can, bounce back and who's got options. I mean, it could be something like Camargo, like you said, but man, why would you bring them up just for a couple days? I mean, you know, maybe they feel like they, they need a backup infielder for this week or something, but it's kind of a crazy because the other one is Yastrzemski, right? Because he has had these hamstring issues and it sounds like he's going to he they expected him back maybe as early as this series, but he's still struggling with it. So maybe it's next week. Pollock, what do you do with Pollock? Yeah. He hasn't, he's barely played and he's already on the injured list. And uh, Hanniger is supposed to come back at some point. So you have all of these guys who I don't know if saying you can't rely on them is, is fair, but it just goes back to my comment last week about just the predictability in the injury. You have guys that just get injured and, and that's just something that you have to deal with. At some point, you know, in the next year or two, I hope that there's less of those guys that they have to bring in. But right now, that's the roster they have. So, yeah, bringing in Harrison, I'm all for it, especially because they have these two TBAs for these next two games, which either means opener or somebody that they're they're not sure of yet. 
But man, I just don't see, you know, unless somebody just gets magically injured, I don't see where the spot is for him. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be tough when when you're looking at the 40 man. I mean, you're you're looking at a guy like Matthias if they don't have the faith in him, you know, and again, he was a throw in in the deal with Pollock. Uh, didn't, they really didn't cost us anything. So he's a guy that's kind of bounced around. So you could, Did we send anybody as the player to be named later yet? No, not yet. And, uh, it was going to be, it was either going to be cash or player to be named later. And there still is no decision yet. I guess the um, Mariners were like, Nope, we'd, we would, we'd rather take cash over Luis Gonzalez. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They said, no, that's you, you go ahead and keep them and pass them through. Um, but, and, and, you know, there's other guys like, I mean, really, like you said too, if Yaz isn't going to come back, if he's really struggling with this situation, which I know the giants are going to want him back because they're going to want him back for the playoff push. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but so you don't want to put him on the 60 day. Uh, Cause I don't even think he's gotten to not even 15 days yet on the yeah. IL. So then you're looking at another 45 days on top of it. You're not going to get him back. Um, and, and in order to bring up Kyle Harrison, you really kind of have to do it before September 1st because of the postseason rules. Yeah. So if you want Kyle Harrison to pitch in the postseason, he needs to be on the 40 man or the 60 uh, day IL, either one of the two by, I think it's 1159 PM on August 31st. So we're kind of winding down here. You got about 17 days left to decide when is he going to come up? But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, there, there's, there's things that have to be done. Alex Wood, he's in the last year of his deal. Do you just eat that money? I mean, he's a, he's a valuable guy, but if he's going to be grumpy in the clubhouse, <laughs> um, you know, that's kind of the Giants don't want that. He's going to yeah. voice his displeasure. Um, you know, if he gets, if, let's say he comes in after uh, Ryan Walker tonight, uh, Monday night's game against Tampa Bay and stinks it up, do you now start to say, well, he's stinking it up? He's got a bad attitude. Um, He's our unrestricted free agent after after this season. We want to bring up Kyle Harrison. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and make this move. Um, you know, when when Keaton Wynn was healthy, you kind of had a little bit more play there. But with Keaton Wynn being injured, you don't have that play as much. Uh, so it's going to be tight. But, you know, that, it just happens. Guys get injured. Things happen. Yeah. Um, you know, Sean Manea, Ross Stripling, those guys are now pitching – Got fantastic baseball. So yep. uh, we, we, and again, we might see one of those guys uh, tonight after the opener or tomorrow in the TBA slot or uh, Stripling got a start the other night. We could see Manea get a start. Uh, we could have them split a game. Uh, there's so many possibilities, but you're starting to kind of run these guys into the ground a little bit and we're getting into middle of August. So getting Kyle Harrison up, I think is going to be kind of um, uh, very important in the, in the next couple of weeks here. All right, before we get to our player of the week, I just wanted to play a little bit of a game with you, which kind of nice. accentuates my point about the struggling offense here. I'm going to give you the last 10 games of statistics, offensive statistics for three players. You got to okay. tell me, is this player J.D. Davis? Is this player Michael Conforto? Or is this player Jock Peterson? Okay. So we'll go with the first one. And uh, and this includes yesterday, Sunday's game, right? This Last includes, game. yes, yesterday's okay. game. Okay. All right. So this particular player 
in his last 10 games, has 40 plate appearances, 37 ABs, four runs, five hits, one double, one jack, four ribs, two walks, 15 strikeouts, hitting a robust 135 with a 180 on base and a 243 slugging. Which one is this? Cry me? Is that me? That's what I would hit. (laughs) Holy moly. Uh Uh-oh, Wilmer Flores was scratched for tonight. Oh, no. He's got an ear illness. Oh, gosh. He has an ear infection. That's actually not a predictable injury for an old roster. I've never heard of ear infection. Uh, Exactly. So Camargo is now going to be at third base. What is he? What is he, seven years old? Who gets an ear infection as an adult? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, last time I had one, it was, it was yeah, many years ago. Well, I, yeah, I, that, that was probably a little mean of me. For, <laughs> for karmic reasons, I take it back. I don't want to all of a sudden get an earache. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get, you're gonna give me a text tomorrow. Go, hey, my ears bugging me, man. What do I do? I mean, like, uh, don't talk about somebody else's ear. <laughs> all right. So, who do you think it is out of those three? All right. Players? So, I, it was J.D. Davis, Jock Peterson, or and Conforto. Conforto. Well, I know it's not Conforto because I think he's got a couple of bombs uh in the last 10 days i don't remember jock peterson hitting a home run since uh 2012 uh, <laughs> so it's, it's been quite a while uh jd davis it, it's 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 i mean it's definitely jock peterson or jd davis but god it could be either one of those guys i'm gonna go with i think i think jd davis has a home run in the last 10 games i'm gonna go with jd Yes, you are right. All right. Good job there. Hey. All right. So now, now you just got to pick between two players for these next two. Okay. Uh, the, I think you, I think you have this game figured out and, and I, I shouldn't have mentioned the home runs, but <laughs> yeah, I, that's, it, that's it, kind it, of, that was the giveaway for me. It just yeah. kind of, it just shows how pathetic it's been. So, okay. So it's bad. I'll give you the, the next two players. Uh, this guy has, uh, 36 plate appearances, 30 ABs, five runs scored, seven hits, a double, two jacks, two ribs, six walks, six strikeouts, hitting 233 with a 361 on base and a 467 slugging. So, not like not the worst 10 games uh, sure. uh, uh, of re- not as bad as, as JD was. And I'll give you the second player here. He's got 32 ABs, or sorry, 32 plate appearances, 29 ABs, two runs, five hits, two two RBI, two walks, six strikeouts, so no extra base hits, uh, hitting a robust 172, 219 on base, 172 slugging. Wow. I mean, that that's obviously jock. Yes. His, his at-bats against... Uh, did he face Will Smith yesterday? He did, right? That was struck like not even close. <laughs> that was, was one of the worst at bats I've seen in a very, very long time. I was cleaning records and I kept looking up at the next pitch and I go, well, maybe it's going to get better. No. So since, uh, since June, Conforto is 235, four jacks, 26 ribs. And for Jock since June, and I'm just using baseball reference. Yeah, yeah. Jock since June, 230 batting average, six home runs. So he has actually hit some more home runs than Conforto, just not as many lately. Uh, but 39 strikeouts uh, in in 165 AB. So neither guy, you know, putting a lot of 
of wood on the baseball and JD, you know, his numbers are even worse. If we, if we, if we go back to the uh, right, right after the all-star break. So these are the guys that we are depending to hit in the middle of the order. Um, Jock is not going to face all the lefties, even though he says he wants to face more lefties. Uh, JD Davis had a, you know, strong ish first half of the season. Uh, and Conforto is a guy who the Giants may be on the hook for next year if he does not opt out because his deal was supposed to be very player-friendly in that if he had a halfway decent season, he was probably going to opt out and go for a bigger contract. But that may not happen based on what is yeah. going on. So Depends that, on the market, though. Depends on the outfield market. And that just, So that just shows you, you know, the, we're talking about the middle of the order and those guys have not been producing all the way since, uh, you know, since couple now a couple months ago. So, yeah, that is and- the frustration with this team, and hope that those three guys are going to have to be part of the turning this thing around. And, and that, I mean, that's kind of where it comes from. And, you know, I've seen a lot of doom and gloom today and, and <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty of it yesterday. It was, I was not in a good mood this weekend with this team man. just watching them flail and struggle uh, night after night, after night, after night, that Anaheim series was so rough. Um, but to, to, to have guys like that who do have power potential and, and by the way, Mitch Hanniger's, uh, going to start rehab assignment fairly soon here so that's going to be another outfield bat that we have to throw into the mix as well who has power potential so you've got jd davis you've got jock you've got hanniger you've got conforto you've got this power potential um but the potential is just not showing this season and we knew that going into it it was kind of like a take a chance here's a one-year with a one-year opt-out or two-year with a one-year opt-out um and, and and those are good deals. And Jock Peterson's off the books after this season. That's a tough one. I you know, for think- for Jock, you know, the Giants took the qualifying offer on him. And so he yeah. was paid like 20 million or whatever that number was. I think it was eight. Yeah, I, I think it was about 20, 18. Or 20. And he may go back to the market next year as like a six to eight million dollar player again. Like, mm-hmm. You know, that's that's got to be frustrating for him. Nobody wants to, uh, you know, to to have this frustrating of a season um, out of those three guys, though, if you were to to lay a bet on who starts producing first or maybe more, who who would that be? I, the rest of the season, I'll bet you the better war, the better offensive war numbers would come from J.D. Davis. Oh, interesting. I watched yeah, him I, swing yesterday. Yeah. And there's a there's like a stiffness in his swing that made me wonder if he's still just not 100% healthy. Do you know J.D. Davis, J.D. Davis has 125 strikeouts in 371 at-bats? That is rough. He's That's... just not putting the bat on the ball. Can I change my answer? <laughs> well, okay, so <laughs> my answer was going to be Conforto. Right. But... Out of all of those guys, you know who has the best on base percentage is Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson is a selective hitter. I mean, as much as uh, as we think of him as like Hackman, you know, yeah. he's, a, he's a hacker. He's going to go up there and take his hacks. Like especially when you see him against left-handed uh, pitchers. That and that and that's why the Giants platoon. That's yeah. why you have players like Jock Peterson that you platoon with because you don't want to watch that. You don't want to see him come up in a key situation with a runner at third, less than two outs, 
got to put the ball in play and get that guy home, but he's up against a left-hander. Let's see what he can do. We don't really do that with this team. Um, And that's a nice thing about Jock Peterson, though. When he faces right-handed pitchers, he is selective. He looks for that pitch, and then he hits it hard. He puts it into play. Just things are not falling in right now, so I'm going to change my answer. Jock Peterson. All right, uh, I I'm gonna I lean I'm gonna lean Conforto, but Jock yeah. definitely has the better on base. He's got the better slugging overall. Uh, you know, only only Wilmer, who you know, he, Wilmer's been a bit of a surprise, I think, for for some of us because he's been playing so well. Uh, but only only Wilmer and Lamont Wade Jr. have a better overall. Uh, on base than than jock on this team so the the giants yeah. in general don't have great on base percentage like you would think you know somebody like tyro who started out so great tyro's only got a 324 on base poor brandon crawford's got a 271 on base and and what other team in the major leagues is eight games over 500 and you're going well we wouldn't be here if it weren't for wilmer flores uh, yeah, i know lamont wade jr uh and tyro estrada you'd go who yeah, these yeah. are these were castaways, but exactly. Know. All right, let's let's hit the uh, player of the week. Yeah, so we had a kind of a fun one here. Um, let me get back over to it. I always keep losing it. There it is. All right, hey, we get, we ended up with a tie. Oh wow, look at that! There was a little last ditch push here, and we ended up with a tie. So coming in last, didn't even get a single vote, but. Had a fun week, and that was Elliot Ramos. We talked a lot about him earlier. Um, came back up again. This is what his, I'd say, his fourth stint with the team in two years. Uh, and kind of finally looks like things are starting to fall into place for him. Um, had a week of uh, 274 weighted, weighted run creation plus, 375 batting average, his first major league home run, and uh, and an RBI. Um, and so, he made the list. There were some other guys that could put it on the list, but Elliot Ramos, I felt deserved it from uh, everything he's been he's been through the last couple of years. Then tying for the number one spot, Logan Webb and Patrick Bailey, the battery of Webb and Bailey. Logan Webb, fourteen and a third innings pitched over this last week, two earned runs, one walk, twelve strikeouts, thirteen hits, sixty two point eight percent ground ball percentage. That's above his average. Um, and then Patrick Bailey, a 199 weighted run creation plus, 389 average, one home run, three runs, six RBIs. He's really been turning it on, too, with the walks. I think he had like an 18-point-something uh, walk rate percentage this week. So he's really seeing the ball. Uh, and and we saw from the interview where he talked about, you know, I'm I'm going to lay off this pitch because it's something I'm not great with. It's not a ball I wanted to put into play and uh, he misses the strike zone more than 50% of the time with it. So I'm going to lay off and I'm going to look for fastball. Boom. Wins the game. I mean, that's like, that's veteran stuff right there, which is pretty awesome to watch. So congratulations to those guys, our players of the week. Yeah. I, I kind of waffled, you know, usually when we do it, I'm like, okay, I have a pretty good one. Like I think this person is, is the right one. This one was hard. I went Webb just because I thought yesterday was such an important game, and he was like, hey, get on my back. Like, we're struggling. Get yeah, on my yeah. back. So that's why I picked him. But 
Bailey was so he Bailey was so clutch for us as well. So. Oh yeah, and and I mean he's had a fantastic week. I have him on my fantasy team. It's one of those players. It's like, well, I can trade him out for another catcher, uh, but they won't be nearly as fun to watch. Yeah, for me. exactly. Uh, so you know, I'm sticking with Bailey as my guy. I voted for Webb because of the 14 innings pitch this week, the, the sparkling at like a 1.89 ERA, only gave up a couple of runs in those 14 innings. And and like you said, just kind of went, you know, just as hard as he could yesterday, uh, almost got a complete game shutout. Ended up getting the W. That's all that matters. I think, what are we now, 13 and 12 in Webb's? In his starts, yeah. In his starts, yeah, so... All right, let, let's end the show with what we are drinking. We already talked okay. about what the upcoming schedule is and how hard it's going to be. And, you know, if you think that this team is going to make that wild card push, this is uh, where they're going to make their money the, these next couple of weeks because of how hard the schedule is. And if you are a naysayer, you're kind of watching this week as well to see <laughs> how they do against some of these better teams. So, uh, but yeah, let's end it with what we're drinking. Uh, I, I saw what, what you had your glass there. Why don't you yeah. start? So this is another birthday present. I had two birthday presents. Uh, I had one a couple of weeks ago, and this is birthday present number two. It there is you go. Four Roses Small Batch Select. It's a, a blend of Four Roses six and seven year uh, bourbon. Uh, 52%, 104 proof, and it is delectable. I put one ice cube in it today. So hot here in Reno. Yeah, it melted that gone. sucker within <laughs> like, I don't know, two minutes. I walked in here. I put, I put it in there, and I walked in here, and I sat down, got connected, looked down, and the ice cube was like <laughs> minuscule at that point. So. Yeah, I had the same thought as you, which is whatever I'm go- going to drink, it's going to melt. Uh, and also – I had the thought that if I get bourbon or I get scotch or I get tequila, it is the point of it is so warm out here and I'm thirsty. I'm just going to drink it way too fast. (laughs) And this show may have been actually more entertaining, but, you know, I I, I may not have been in in, in quite as much control. So instead, I grabbed uh, my favorite kind of, uh, you know, refreshing drink that whenever I see it at the Safeway, I always get it. The Finnish long drink, it is a gin-based, uh, you know, I, I guess it's, it, I wouldn't even call it a seltzer because it is it is not seltzery. It's not bubbly. It's it's just hmm. a straight kind of, uh, you know, a water, water and gin and citrus or whatever. Um, but it, Tastes like a a soft drink essentially. There's no sugar in it. You can buy both versions, the diet version and the non diet version. Oh, nice. Um, but uh, first, when I first had this, I was like, oh, I can really taste the gin. Like gin has a specific taste that you you know you can taste. But then since I I, I bought it a few different times now, it's it's just delicious and refreshing and it's like the perfect barbecue drink. You know, sometimes oh, if yeah. you're not a beer drinker. Back in the day, it was like the wine coolers. People would bust out the wine coolers, you know, the Reuniti and all this stuff. But <laughs> Bartles and James. Bartles and James. Yeah, Reuniti, I think that might have been the boxed wine. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, this is like the perfect barbecue drink. Like if you're out there grilling, you would grab one of these and just kind of sit with it and it's refreshing. But the thing that I did was I, I got my Yeti 
my little uh this is i don't consider this like a coffee mug because there's no handle on it and True. so it's a tumbler it's it very much tumbler. yeah it's a tumbler and so i sort of look at it as it's a way to keep my uh, my cocktails cold so threw an ice cube in there or a big sphere and i've uh it's kept the the, the drink uh cold the entire time so it's been great and uh, yeah, so you know, uh, it, the thing about only thing about the long drink is I it's not always there. Like it's I can't always yeah. find it, so I gotta I gotta grab it when I see it. So, but uh, so so if you drink, so if let's say you're out barbecuing or whatever, you could pour that into a glass with some ice, right? It's not gonna mm-hmm. water it down too mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try that because I always thought that they were really sugary. Anytime somebody said, "Hey, have you tried the finished long drink?" I was like, "You know, I don't really like those things because they're so packed with sugar, and I don't really do that." But the, it, it tastes now. You may because you're used to the the zevia, which is a slightly different sweetener taste. Yeah, you know this. This is probably. I'm guessing that the sweetener would be more like what they would put in like a Coke zero, that artificial oh, okay. sweetener. That, that's my okay. guess. I don't know for sure because for whatever reason on these alcohol, alcoholic drinks, they don't have to put any ingredients for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. With, with the FDA, when it comes to alcohol, you can put it if you want, you don't have to. And there was a push to have them do that. I would love but, it if they did. Tell me what's well, in this the, thing. The big boys, Budweiser, Coors, and all those guys fought, back because they use food coloring in some Mm -hmm. of their beers to kind of give it that yellowish look um and then they do some other things that uh, corn syrup to do to uh uh, to finish off the uh, fermentation in the bottles and all that so i think they kind of fought back and said no 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 we don't want to tell people what we have in our beers (laughs) yeah the only thing that it tells me is one serving per container and 12 fluid ounces it actually does give me uh the uh calories of 99 calories zero carbs zero fat zero protein how does that how how can that be i don't know so what i don't know how it has calories and no carbs and no fat no protein so i don't know that's what i'm saying is is like i would (laughs) look i'll still buy it you can tell me what's in it i'm not gonna be like oh gosh this is terrible now like it's you know we 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 drink sometimes drink diet soda diet soda is probably terrible for us but oh for sure but you know yeah moderation yeah yeah totally all right so uh, we'll be back next week hopefully with uh, three hits for uh for for mustache meckler and uh, hopefully you know at least a 500 record uh as in when we come back on on next monday so yeah uh all right for brad i am double g we will see you when we see you peace out Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.